Welcome to How to Read, Understand, and Make Use of the Scriptures. So we've been talking about principles of biblical interpretation. And one of the principles uh, in the little phrase is this. Context, 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 content, content, content. And uh, so a text cannot um, ever mean something that it never meant. So God communicates to us through human language, uh, words and sentences and paragraphs, but also in the context, the historical context. Uh, There is an author uh, to the book, and uh, so a text cannot mean what it never meant. Let's take a, uh, in this video, a look at the book of Romans. So the context of the book of Romans is that the Apostle Paul is writing a letter uh, it's called uh, an epistle to the church. So the church was often called uh, ecclesia, which simply means to gather or to s- assemble. And they would gather and assemble around the, the word of God, the sacraments. And, um, you know, they would gather in, in uh, meeting places or in homes. So Paul's writing this letter to the ecclesia, the church, Uh, that meets in Rome. So Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. I'm called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And he says, through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Then he says, verse 7, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, that's the context. This is a letter. Other books in the Bible are more of a historical rendering. Uh, Maybe, uh, as we've talked before, they're apocalyptic in nature, full of visions and dreams, prophetic in the sense of foretelling events and foreshadowing the promise of of the person and work of Jesus. This is a letter a letter written, a pastoral letter written to those who gather together uh, in Rome. So that's the context. The content of Romans is, well, this is all that you ought to know, all that you ought to believe, all that you ought to do as a Christian. You could call it a uh, systematic theology uh, because it systematically works its way through Um, all of those different aspects of the Christian life, what you should know, what you should believe, what you should do. And so the characteristic of uh, this book, as you read it, you'll say, wow, this is, I mean, he's systematically going through these things. There is this clear and concise um, revelation. There's a progression of thought. He's putting first things first, and there's this orderly, uh, you know, arrangement of what he's talking about. Um, And this is really what he's, uh, the message of the book is, that there is no one righteous. Paul says there's no one righteous. There is a righteousness, however, that comes from God in Jesus, and that is given to you by the gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive it through faith. And then you live out of that righteousness. There's a a righteous living by, by faith. So, 
you know, systematically, step by step, he works through through that news. No unrighteous. Good news. There's a righteousness that comes from God in the person of Jesus Christ. You receive that through faith, and then you live out of that uh, that gift of faith. Uh, you live a righteous uh, a righteous life in Christ Jesus. So the pattern of Romans. Um, you could think of it this way, that it begins with, you know, the, the starting point, who God is, the wrath of God upon sin, and the call to repentance. You'll see that in chapters 1 and 2. Now, when there's that call to repentance, God is true to his word in the sense that, um, you know, this is the eternal word of God. It is unchanging. Love God, love the neighbor. And when you um, are placed in the context of that eternal word of God, the only conclusion that one can come to is that there's no one righteous. No one. The law, this eternal, beautiful word of God that a rebel race has gone against, here's the news that there is no one righteous. Well, if the book were to end there, that there's all you have is hopelessness. But now here's God's uh, God's word of the gospel, Romans chapter 3, 21 and following says, Yes, there is no one righteous among you, but there is a, a righteous one who has come into this world. Your brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has taken on human flesh, has lived a perfect life. He is the righteous one. He has the righteousness of God. He will bear the sin of the world. He will pay the wage of sin, which is death. He will be raised from the dead, and through that, you know, he will justify, uh, justify the world. And so there, the message then turns from no one righteous in and of themselves by their works, but there is a righteousness of another that is ours through faith, the righteousness that comes in Jesus Christ. And then once that faith has been created, we have this peace with God. And having peace with God, then there is this, um, this new creation, crucified with Christ, uh, we, we die with Christ, and Romans chapter 6 says we also now live with Christ. So there's a, a, a new way of living, a new uh, creation, a new obedience, new motives, new thoughts, um, the sense that we are uh, crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And then um, in Romans chapters 9 and 11, um, we get insight as to this has been going on from the very beginning, well, before the beginning of creation. Speaking of such things as God's election, um, God's um, gracious activity in time, bringing to us the gospel, and how God will bring that all to fulfillment uh, and will glorify us one day when Christ Jesus reappears. And then chapters 12, uh, 13, 14, and 15, we'll talk about what it looks like. What does this righteous life in Christ Jesus, living out of that righteous life by faith, what does that look like as well? So that's the pattern of Romans. Romans 3, again, verse 20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But good news, but now, a righteousness from God apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify, and this righteousness comes uh, from God, uh, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference, verse 23, 
for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So that's the pattern of the book of Romans. It's also the pattern of our uh, of our Lutheran confession. So we give witness, we bear witness to who God is, and uh, uh, the Lutheran confessions just basically follow that, this pattern. It speaks of God, it speaks of sin, God's wrath upon sin, no one righteous. Oh, but here is a righteous one, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the one who has died for us. He is the one who has sacrificed himself for us as an atonement for sin. There is justification before God because of that. We're declared righteous by that act of God. His righteousness is given to us. We then live out of that righteousness of faith, and flowing out of that righteousness of faith is good works. Uh, Love towards God and love toward the neighbor. So when you're reading a book... Uh, Always context, 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 content, content, content. And you'll see this, uh, again, this pattern. It's a systematic, you could say a systematic theology. A letter written to the church saying, "This this is what you ought to know about the Christian faith. This is how you are to live out of the Christian faith. This is what you are to hold on to in your Christian faith. Again, it's always about the person and work of Jesus. That if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8 says, who will condemn us? No one, right? Christ Jesus is interceding for us. No, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. And nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Christ for us, Christ in and through us, and Christ with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Uh, He'll be with us always, even to the very end of the age.